Hey, sweet friends, my name is Chef Schomburg. I started my baking business with a bottle of DiSerrano and one Bundt cake pan. Fast forward to today from news to magazines, speaking on national stages and more, I can truly say that baking has changed my life. So now as a bakery business coach, I get to help others have the same success. I've helped hundreds of my students across the world in my global membership program create six-figure businesses, mainly from home. The Baking for Business podcast is an extension of that, from actionable tips to valuable tools and resources that can impact you as a business owner. I truly believe, y'all, we would never have been given a gift if we couldn't profit and prosper from it. So come on, darling. What are you waiting for? Well, hey there, sweet friends. I'm so excited to hang with you guys today. So this is particularly for cottage bakers who are ready to take the jump. So let's say you're ready to take the jump, the leap. You believe you want a brick and mortar bakery, but you're not quite sure if that's the right choice for you or if you're actually wanting to invest in that option right now. Well, with construction costs rising, I totally get it. However, just because you're ready to leave the home front and no longer be a home baker, doesn't necessarily mean that the only option is for you to go directly to a storefront location. You know, more and more celebrities all across the globe are actually opening up restaurants in different types of ways. People from DJ Khaled to Mariah Carey are launching products, bakery products, baked goods, but they're not doing it in a traditional walk-in brick and mortar bakery shop way. So today I'm actually going to be sharing with you guys nine, y'all, who nine different alternatives that can help you get more money in your business, get your name out there, grow and expand when you feel like you're ready, that actually are not storefront options. I have a feeling some of these you guys are going to love. So let's go ahead and dive into them. But before we do that, you guys, This is my first solo podcast episode. I'm super excited to be here with you guys. So I'm trying to calm myself down. But can I just say from the bottom of my heart, if you've been listening so far, I appreciate all the love and support. I'm so happy that you guys are enjoying the podcast. And I hope that I could deliver as well as all the amazing guests I've had before. But I have a feeling I'm going to because, hey, I'm me. Now, this is one of the top questions that you guys always ask me. So I wanted to go into detail in each one of these options. So if you're listening, grab a pen and paper. I have a feeling you'll probably be tagging me on Instagram at Baking for Business with your dire questions. And let's go ahead and get to it. Okay, so option number one, you guys have probably heard of this or seen of it, but this is one that I recommend to my students all the time that they're like, oh my gosh, I never thought about that. And that is a kiosk. Now, what I love about a kiosk is that most of the time people in your community, they already visit the mall. So you're not necessarily buying a brick and mortar, but you're leasing a small space. Now, one of the great things about the kiosk is that your name is being associated with the mall. So generally people know the area, they know the mall. You can always say, hey, I'm right across from the Dillers. I'm right across from the JCPenney. So there's that certain type of familiar familiarity, familiar, y'all know what I'm, I'm trying to say. So therefore, people know where to look for you. Now, one of the other cool things about the mall is that you're tapping into traffic that's already there. You know, I'm not going to harp on this episode, but I will say this. Sometimes I find that people are ready to leave the home front because they assume, well, if I had a brick and mortar, I have more customers. And technically, that's not it. I always tell people, if you're having problems bringing in customers from home, 
what is a store going to do? Because if you can't market yourself as a home baker, how are you going to market yourself as a storefront owner when then you actually have uh, more bills, more overhead, and the list goes on and on and on. So, however, let's say you are the home baker and you're bursting at the seams, you got pens everywhere, you're booked and overflow flowing, and you just feel like, okay, I need another alternative. Like I'm ready because I feel like business is great and I want to take it up another level. Then this is really good. What you can do is you can still kind of be cottage to a certain degree. You can bake at home. You can have people do all their pickups at the mall. But then also you can prepare individual items to where as people are at the mall each and every day, they can grab and go items. Or honestly, you can not even be there. You could just pay somebody to operate the kiosk for you. This way, you still have your home baking business if you choose. And then you're just operating a location at the kiosk. So number one, look into your local kiosk at your mall and see if that may be another option for you to grow your baking business. All right. Number two, the second one is one of my favorites. This is what's called a ghost kitchen. So I mentioned DJ Khaled earlier, and this is actually something that he's doing. For those who don't know, DJ Khaled is, you know, the popular rapper, DJ Khaled, another one. But um, anywho, he actually has his restaurants are called Another Wing, which is just like another one from his popular saying. In November of 2021, he actually opened about 30 of these and he did so as ghost kitchens. Now, what is a ghost kitchen? Well, a ghost kitchen is a kitchen that you open, but it's not necessarily open to the public. Now, there are so many benefits to this. One of the main ones is that generally when we look at a kitchen establishment, you kind of have like two separate, two separate What's the word, Amanda? You have two separate sections. So generally there's what's called FOH, which is front of house. That consists of your waiters, waitresses, your door greeters, your cashiers. Then we have what's called BOH, which is back of house. And those are generally the, the cooks, the bakers, uh, people who necessarily work behind. Now, one of the great things about a ghost kitchen is that you're cutting off that front section because people are not able to come in. It is a kitchen that you have. It's just not a kitchen that you open to the public. I'm going to take this one a step further because one of the main ways that I see people operating ghost kitchens is that there's two ways. You can literally have a ghost kitchen to where you get a kitchen, you don't open it to the public. However, you allow the public to pick up. So now you have a kitchen that serves as a pickup location, but you could take the DJ Khaled route which I love, and you can actually have a closed kitchen that is delivery only. Now, one of the reasons why I love this option is because delivery service all across America is going up. Nine times out of 10, I can probably ask you, when was the last time you used Waiter or DoorDash or Grubhub? You're probably going to say within the last two weeks, Americans are getting lazy. And not that we're getting lazy, but y'all, sometimes life just happens, right? You don't cook a meal, so you order delivery service. I think this is great because one of the main key factors is that now you're able to be at one area, but you're able to have drivers. Now catch this. Not only do you have a kitchen that's now not open to the public, but now you're also having to not hire because the delivery drivers come from other companies such as DoorDash, Uber Eats, 
waiter, right? So it's like you have people that are working with you, but they're not working for you. Okay, DJ Khaled. So come through with the coins. More and more people are using this concept. They're opening these closed kitchens. And I think it's a fantastic idea for baking business. You know what? I literally hear somebody in my DMs right now saying, thank you. I never thought of that. All right. Because I believe you can do it, right? So this is something great for you to have to where you have a kitchen, you have your baked goods, you have daily offerings. Then you tap into third-party platforms, which is something that I'm a huge advocate for, especially for my students. I like them to get the bag. So now you have other people who are delivering your baked goods and you never have to leave a facility, honey. Never. All right. So ghost kitchens are number two. Now, another title for ghost kitchens, for those in the baking arena, they actually call them cloud bakeries, which is really good. And I have another thing you can do with the cloud bakery or a ghost kitchen also. If you so desire, because you have a kitchen and I'm going to assume this you know, it's licensed, it's legal, you want a legal kitchen and all that, is now you're able to ship nationwide. So most home bakers in certain states, you know, you can't ship nationwide, you can ship statewide, but not nationwide. So now you're able to tap into an even bigger market without ever opening your doors. All right. So that's number two, ghost kitchen. Number three is my favorite. I've seen this business model and I love it. I think it's so cool. Number three is called a pod. Pod stands for, you've probably heard the commercial before, portable on-demand storage. Now, this is something that a lot of people are doing overseas in Spain and places like that. People are taking these shipping containers, y'all. Why? Because construction costs are rising and this is totally cool and innovative. This isn't anything new. People have been doing this for probably the past decade. In fact, one of my favorite terms is called podpreneur, which I think is so cool. These are entrepreneurs who operate out of pods, portable on-demand storages. Now, you might find that there is actually someone in your area who already has kind of like a pod mall or a pod section. We actually have a young man down here in my state. And what he does is he has this land. He has about three or four pods. Some people have pod restaurants. And then there's one that he actually rents out. Now, this is really cool because you'll find someone who may own a pod that actually rents or leases. So you're actually able to set up shop. You can pick certain days of the month or you can set up shop for the whole month if you like, which is really cool. But it's an alternative to that brick and mortar location. Yet people are still able to walk in. You can decorate it if you want to, or it can solely serve as just a pickup area. Another really cool thing about a pod is that if you want to pod yourself, you can actually buy one. You can also find companies that lease pods. You can put a pod on your own property, which is what the definition of a cottage maker is all about in the first place, which is operating on your own land in order to reduce cost. And now you have an alternative to a brick and mortar facility that you actually own, honey. And then that way, in case you ever move or maybe your situation changes or you no longer want to be in that state, you just pick up your damn pod and you take it wherever you want to go. There's tons of times where I meet bakers and they're like, chef, I moved. I have to start all over. What do I do? If you had a pod, I tell you shit, you pick the pod up and then you just go, you drop it off and you set up shop in whatever new area you're in. So keep a pod in mind because this is a really cool concept that I see. And you guys, if you just use Pinterest, and do pod businesses, you will be amazed at some of the ways that people are taking these pods and they are tricking them, flipping them and turning them upside down, honey. So a pod is number three. Okay. Number four. Oh my gosh. I'm in love with is a she shed. Now a she shed is kind of similar to 
a pod. You don't necessarily see them out in other areas. Generally, she sheds are always on a person's property. So there are people that take their mother-in-law suite and they convert it. There are people who go to Home Depot and they buy these little sheds that's like, you know, two, three thousand dollars. They literally buy the shed, take it, do the renovating that they have to do, put the shed in the backyard, and then boom, they set up shop and they call it a she shed. She shed bakeries are the cutest little things. And I will have a link in the show notes. There's actually a Pinterest board which has some amazing ideas for she shed bakeries, but you're operating outside of your home. You're having that space that you need. That way, you know, no one interrupts you in the kitchen. The kids aren't coming up. However, customers aren't running in and out of your damn house. So it's a little bit better, a little bit better for safety reasons because it's still kind of on your land, but it gives you that separate space in case you feel like you want to jump. But again, you don't want the brick and mortar and you don't want to lease. So she sheds are a really great alternative to brick and mortar bakeries. All right. That's number four. Whew. Moving on to number five. Number five is my favorite. So number five is what I call a satellite location. And I get that name because I remember when I used to do food service management, I actually used to manage a high school one time. And what we did was that high school cafeteria, we cooked all the food there, but there were actually four other schools that I was responsible for that didn't have kitchens. So we would cook the food there and all the all the items had to be packed and then they would go out to the other separate schools. So what we were, we were known as the satellite location. We prepared the items there, but then the items were served somewhere else. Well, this is something really popular. There are people doing this now that you see doing it. They don't necessarily know what it is, but some people are getting land and they're calling it cake studios. Now, the thing about this is that when you have a cake studio, when you have a shop or a satellite location, technically what you're doing is you're leasing office space as opposed to leasing brick and mortar space. Now, again, I'm not telling you because I know, and I know some of y'all know, I'm not telling you to operate a legal bakery. That's not what I'm saying at all. However, what I'm saying is that since cottage bakery does allow you to bake at home, but maybe you want to serve somewhere else, what you're doing at your office location is you're selling your own products. Now, this is amazing in a few couple ways. Number one is because if you've ever gone to a pop-up shop, think of this as you're having your own pop-up, okay? So this is your own hours, it's your own office, everything is set, and you don't necessarily have to share it with someone. Number two, this is amazing because leasing office space is a hell of a lot cheaper than starting out with the brick and mortar, okay? So this is a really wonderful way for you to just start marketing yourself more. If you have like monthly sales, monthly promotions, weekly boxes, uh, weekly cake tastings, maybe you do cake tasting boxes once a month, or maybe you just want to sell on the daily. Again, you can still tap into that third-party platform because you could prepare from home. However, you can have your drivers and other pickup drivers pick up from your satellite location, which is aka your office space. So a satellite location is an amazing alternative to a brick and mortar bakery. All right. The next one, y'all, do not sleep on it. I have been seeing some of these all across the country, and I swear they are really cool. Y'all, folks are setting up shop in gas stations. Now, before you, uh-uh, hear me out. No, I, I see you turning your head. But before you say something, some of these gas stations go hard. I have seen gas stations that have linked up with local micro-influencers and influencers, and it's like they're bringing the, the new age social feel and everything to the gas station. 
Y'all, there is a gas station out in Natchitoches. It's actually in Louisiana, and there are some in other states. Trust me, I did my research before even sharing this with you guys. But there's one in my state that has a full bakery and deli inside of this gas station, and it goes hard. They are famous for their yam cake. They're called Fresh Market. But there is literally an operating bakery inside of a gas station. I'm actually finding that more and more people are linking up with gas stations because, again, the gas station already has the traffic. So that really cuts down on it cuts down on how much you have to market, because if you're already getting that foot traffic in, then that's great. They're there to grab a soda. They're there to grab gas. They turn around and, hey, maybe they walk out with a key lime pie or they walk out with your strawberry Hennessy cake if you brought my course. Just a little plug. But the thing about it is that it is amazing because it's a another alternative to the brick and mortar. So the cost will be a little bit reduced since you're sharing the space and you get to already tap into a network of traffic and people who may not have known you that now get to find out about your products and services. So gas stations are amazing. As a matter of fact, do me a favor. Let me know and tag me on social media if you have a favorite gas station that you go to that already has a bakery in it or that already has a really cool food spot in it because gas stations are really coming up. And coming up on the podcast, we actually have a baker that purchased a gas station space that they're using as a bakery. So I'm really excited to share with you guys that story. You'll hear all about that in a future episode. All right. So the next option, I'm going to combine this all into one, but the next option is a food truck, or you can get a trailer, or you can get a camper, but y'all, you can also get a concession stand or a snowball stand. People sleep on snowball stands and you guys can totally convert those things and they could be amazing, cute little bakeries on the go. Now, if you guys listened to one of the previous episodes, we spoke with Miss Monique Ivory of Grandma's Hands, who has a food truck and she loves it. And like she stated, the bakery wasn't for her, but she is killing it with her food truck. She's having 1K days selling and popping up and things are amazing. So maybe that's something for you to look into. Now, Monique has a huge truck. She calls it Gigi. You can get a smaller truck, or like I said, you can get a camper, whatever suits your budget, honey, look into it. But if you feel that you're looking for another alternative, I like this one because then you can rent out your truck. You can do private events. You can post up at the club. You know, you can always change your location as opposed to a kiosk or a ghost kitchen where you're just at one central area. You can switch it up on the go. So being mobile, getting a set of wheels is another really great alternative to the storefront. Next is my favorite, and it's one I've done in the past. It's actually a food hall. So we had a food hall in our state, a gourmet food hall, which I loved. And then before pre-pandemic, they closed. But if you've never been to a food hall, a food hall is like a standalone location where you walk in, and then there's all these different little kiosks. Think about it as a mall, except maybe it's just solely dedicated to food. There are some that are a little bit more upscale. So you would love a food hall. I love to know if you're 
area has a food hall and maybe you've looked into it. We had one and they had like an Asian restaurant that was super delicious and, and yummy. And then there was a taco place and there was a vegan spot and they had a bakery. And then what they also had was they had these pop-ups, which I love. And they had this little section that they leased where other people could come and they can do pop-ups. Shout out to White Star Market. I hate that you guys closed, but you guys will come back. But this market was so amazing because it had my ideal client, folks with money. Um, It was in an amazing location and everything was just beautiful. So look into a food hall and see if your area maybe has food halls or a town away from you. Generally with the food hall, you guys will actually share a kitchen. So there's an area where you'll store your stuff. People can come in. It's like shared kitchen space at different times or hours, but then you step outside And as you're walking, then people see your little shop. So they don't necessarily see like the kitchen space. It might be somewhere else in the hall, but they see your little shop and it's so adorable. So food hall models are my favorite. I wish we had more. So look into that and that could be another alternative for you. Now, next, I just kind of covered it, but it's a shared kitchen. I actually have a student, Miss Lenore. She had the opportunity, super sweet, where someone operates a kitchen, but they're gone at night. So this allows you to come in at night. You can do your baking. You could do your serving. You can also, if you want to run your business on a third-party platform, you can do that also, but you're sharing a kitchen. So this kind of takes some of that load away. It makes it a little bit more easier if you're not ready to take the jump just quite yet, and it shares the bill. So look into a shared kitchen. Chances are there is somebody who's using a kitchen that doesn't use it at night, and maybe that restaurant owner, especially with everything that's been going on recently in the world, they could probably use a break and probably want someone to help with the cost also. So see if a shared kitchen option is for you. Also, fun fact. So Usher, y'all know Usher? Usher, Usher, Lil John, yeah, yeah. Okay, so anywho, so the singer Usher, his mom is amazing. She's located in Georgia and she actually has a shared kitchen space, which she leases out to other up and coming uh, chefs or bakers. And it has a really, really cool concept. So she owns it. And then there's these different little areas and stations where people could come in, they can get their business up and running, get their name out there. And I think that is so, so cool. There are other people that actually own shared kitchens also in which they own the kitchen. They don't even really use it. And they do the same thing. They just operate it. They write the schedule and they sublease it out to all these different people that come and make their stuff when they want to make their stuff. So kind of like a ghost kitchen, except you're sharing it. So think about that as another alternative as well. All right. And By the way, speaking of shared kitchens and ghost kitchens, I mentioned Mariah Carey earlier, and I think it's pretty cool. For those who don't know, Mariah Carey has a line of cookies, which is really good, and you can actually carry it in your restaurant or bakery. And that's another one of the positives is when you're no longer in the home front, but maybe you're doing the ghost kitchen model, the shared kitchen or a food hall, is that you can actually now start to carry other people's products if you want to. And that could be another source of revenue for you to tap into. So I don't know if y'all have ever tried Mariah Carey's cookies or for my storefront owners out there who already have a storefront, you might want to look into carrying her line of cookies to see if that can bring a little buzz to you and maybe increase sales as well. So that's one of the cool things about having a shared kitchen or ghost kitchen or something like that. You guys. Wow. Okay. So we did it. 
kiosk, ghost kitchen, pod, she shed, satellite location, gas station, food truck, food hall, and shared kitchen. I had to glance down at my notes. That is literally nine different alternatives that you can take or that you can look into if you feel that you're ready to dive and leave the home front. Wow. Okay, you guys. So right now, what I would love for you to do is I want to know which one of these spoke to you, which one of these sparked an interest and which one of these do you see yourself doing in the future? Or do you think that you would actually like to add to your business as your next step? Now, granted, I'm not against brick and mortars. That's not it at all. I know and I have some students that do amazing with their brick and mortars. However, I just know that sometimes it might not be the best choice for everybody, or maybe you're just not afraid to take that leap. So one of these nine options may be able to assist you in your business and to help you grow, which is what you probably want growth without taking on so much at the moment. All right, you guys. So tag me on Baking for Business. Let me know which one of these spoke to you, which one you'll be looking into and any other way that I can help you. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Thanks so much, y'all. Bye for now.